0: Another episode of dynasty theory hitting you brain early on the sunday morning after the nfl combine this is going to be a fun episode it's an exciting it one
1: yep. dan what's good on man good morning guys man I'm, i feel like i'm in the science lab right now formulating rankings rankings quarterback situations rankies. you know and, and and most importantly evaluating these rookies but I want to start with a question for you, but you both and those in the chat. I was hoping to ask before the show, but you mm. guys are just busting your tail this morning, double dipping two shows in a row. So trade offer here. Would you do it? I'm I'm going to let you, the two co- two hosts here and our listeners decide whether I'm going to make this trade live on the air. Okay, all right, let's hear it. I was offered for Tank Dell and Jaden Reed. Twelve team dynasty super flex. Your normal scoring.
0: Start start two or start three wide receivers
1: start I believe Five. three to six yeah you start three three All receivers right. so they want Jaden Reed and Tank Dell and they are offering Jamison Williams Rashid Shaheed and pick 107 of this draft now, 107 is the key to me I need quarterback help and I know even if the quarterbacks go heavy then that means maybe a Brock Bowers or stud receivers coming to me That's I think is better than these guys, but...
0: Oh, I just have no interest in Jamison Williams.
1: I'm Ooh. shocked. <sighs> <laughs> like, obviously, Tank Dell could be a stud. I think durability is a little <sighs> bit of a question, but he's in a great situation. Jaden Reed looks like a stud, but there does seem to be a lot of receivers there. I think 107 is definitely better than either of those two. But by how much... Could Williams do enough? The
2: problem, the problem with the one o seven is, you might not get a QB there. You might right. want to get a QB, and then you might have to go into the veteran market with that. So, I would say no right now. If that was on the clock at one o seven, and maybe McCarthy's there, and we get a good landing spot for him, then yeah, then pull the trigger. But right now, if he if he gets a good landing spot, maybe he's the one o five or the one o six
0: in drafts. Then all what's of a sudden, the tight end, what's the tight end premium?
1: It's two o. So Bowers will be gone. So, yeah. so Bowers probably is gone. You hope he slides. If not a quarterback, there's four guys you get. If if it goes quarterback heavy and Bowers is gone, then that means one of those elite He'll receivers are sliding. Yeah, yeah. You'll get Malik Room. I, you
0: know what? Do it. I, I I would do not it. I, I would not do the trade as it's set right there. I do it. I well, it. I personally would not. So this is of no help, Dan. <laughs> no, it's of help because I said yes.
1: Gotcha. I mean, we always know look,
2: John needs the little bit more. He needs the little, he needs the. Dan used to be like, hey, he needs something to tell his mom about in trades, right? John's right. Like, I need something to tell the world about in trades. Yeah.
1: And I think looking at the chat too, a lot of the feedback there, they're leaning towards not doing it. So I think at a minimum, it's, hey, counter offer time. And uh, hey, I just hope to get things stirring. You know, we're going to be having a lot of talks on this show today and other shows about. Picks like that 107 and what you could get for it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to craft a counter and I'll get back to everybody. The 107 right now, right? So it
2: is a two tight end premium or sorry, it's a 2.0 premium league for tight ends, right? Hmm. So you have Caleb's going to be gone. May's more than likely going to be gone. Jaden's more than likely going to be gone, right? Bowers is more than likely going to be gone. Marvin Harrison, probably same. So you're going to be left with either neighbors or Rome. Or J.G. McCarthy, there. I believe Rome is already a better receiver than Tank Dell. So for me, if I can replace Tank Dell with Rome, I will do it in most leagues, to be honest with you. That's already the 107. And then it just depends on how you look at Reed compared to Jamo plus Shahid. That's how
1: I look at it. And McCarthy could definitely help that roster. Again, there is a need for another quarterback. You know, yeah, I do like McCarthy. I, I'm on that kind of side of it. I love those receivers. That's tough. It's a tough one. That's why yep. I thought it was a good one to propose today.
0: As, as that trade stands right there, I, I would not accept that. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about this more in the chat. We're five minutes
2: in, guys. I I don't lollygag. You do. You, you act like we don't spend 30 minutes on the first player we talk about
0: each week. <laughs> well... Well, you know what, Mitch? Yeah. You lead us because these are your show okay. notes. Done. I-, <laughs> I like
2: it, John. Well, we'll see how this goes. This might change in five minutes. you would be like, yeah, you don't know what the hell you're doing. So we're going to go with this. But so we're really going to break down the combine today, right? And we're not going to really go into, hey, what did you see about certain players? We're going to talk about the overall topics on it. First thing, I think the most important thing coming out of the draft this year is what's going on with Justin Fields because that is shaping what's happening through the landscape in in the NFL. Because if the Bears trade out of it, then all of a sudden that other team gets Caleb Williams and how do the Bears build around Justin Fields? As of right now, everything is pointing to Justin Fields being traded. That's what it's looking like. It doesn't look like for a second that the Bears aren't going to trade him. But at the same point, it's also being said that the market for Justin Fields isn't really there. So the question that I wrote down the show sheet were: it looks like he's being traded, thoughts on the landing spots, and if you are willing to acquire him at cost, which is close to the DAC love or future first, future second type of value. The only thing I'll add is I believe we are putting every single Justin Fields egg in the Atlanta basket. I think if the Atlanta Falcons decide, you know what? We're going cousins instead. Then I don't know what you do with Justin Fields because I don't think there's another good landing spot for him. But I'll kick it over to John because John has not talked for almost six minutes and 30 seconds.
0: He's on a drought. Anticipating how well this is going to go. I'm just – listen – It's nice every once in a while just to sit back. It really (laughs) is. I talked a lot on our episode of The Pivot Point. You know, I Mitch, I think you're right with all Dynasty managers looking to put their Justin Fields eggs in that Atlanta basket. I I think that's spot on. And we talked about this in the Discord a little bit. How much of an impact, and you guys can answer or, you know, just store it away and, you know, think about it later – how much of an impact does it have on what the actual NFL market is on Justin Fields? I talked about it, you know, if we see there there being a market and he goes for a second, second plus, that looks very different from a an optics standpoint. When you compare that to maybe a third or a couple of fourths, I'm not saying that's going to be the price, but you know he does still need to perform whatever he's traded for. They need to make a decision, the team that trades for him, they need to make a decision relatively quickly on that fifth year option. The timing, it really is similar to the Sam Darnold to Carolina. They traded a second plus, and... There was an overpayment, obviously, especially the way it played out, but you need to decide a year in advance on if you're going to exercise that option. So you, you trade a third plus, maybe you don't exercise that option. That looks very different from a dynasty market perspective than a team trading a second plus and exercising that option now doesn't necessarily lock him into the longer term starting role with whatever team trades for him. No, but it certainly looks a heck of a lot better. So for me, I, I see a lot of comments in the chat out on fields at cost uh, fields to Pittsburgh would be good. Love the player. He's in a tough spot, but might have to fall in value a bit more and then buy. Uh and then uh, Atlanta, but the offer is only a fourth round pick. Take her or leave it. No other offers. Like now, he needs to perform. Mm-hmm. If there was no market, and he doesn't play well in 2024, uh, you know. So for me, from a dynasty perspective, I went out. I think I blasted out 40 trades over the last couple of days because there was a big conversations in the the big conversation in the Discord, and it was either my Tua for Justin Fields, everybody wanted to keep Justin Fields, and most of these leagues plus six minus four scoring for quarterbacks, or I did 106 straight up. I did 107 plus. Very few counters. I got one counter, and uh, nobody was interested. And then if you try to move Justin Fields, you're not going to have any luck there either. So I think people are just – if if they have Justin Fields, they're keeping him. If they don't have him, they're really not too interested in acquiring at that 104, 105 price. But I've kicked the tires on 106, 107, and no movement. So All I right. think we're at a standstill. Dan, you on
2: Fields, you were the guy last year who was saying – Hey, he's a quarterback or he's a running back playing quarterback. He's, you know, and it kind of kind of showed throughout the year that he wasn't fully. He wasn't all the way there, which is why the Bears are going to move off of him. Right. So I'm guessing you don't have a lot of shares. Are you willing to go out and get him right now with the hope that he goes to the Falcons with kind of being worried that he ends up on the commanders? This is.
1: An interesting one, and hey, I'm 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 rocking the Justin Fields Georgia jersey today, man, because it just feels like he's going to Atlanta. I think that'd be a great story to tell. We don't know that, but I'm optimistic. Even if he didn't go to Atlanta, I do like other potential landing spots that he could go to. You know, I think I was really hard on Fields a lot in the past because everyone's like way high up here on him at the at those times, and there were still struggles. Now that he's kind of coming down here a little bit. I'm a little bit more interested because as we look in fantasy, I mean, here's a guy who missed four games last year and still in the middle of pack of score of scoring. If he could go to better situations, stay healthy, um, you know, per your notes there, Mitch, in, the sh- in our show notes, I would move a, a future first and second to get Justin Fields. Cause we need quarterbacks. And you look at the state of the NFL teams need quarterbacks. And I think whoever trades for him is going to invest in him for at least three years. Give me three years of Justin Fields production. And, uh, hopefully it works out. So I'm buying the whole Dak love conversation gets me a little bit nervous. So, you know, I'm a little obviously biased on the Dak talk and Jordan loves hot right now. Um, so I think there's a bit more security and stability there. I, I'd probably rather those guys. So I'd rather go and kind of dangle some draft picks and try to acquire Justin Fields that way.
2: Yeah, for me, it's, it's hard because I think if Fields goes to Atlanta, his value is going to go up and it's going to go up all off season. But you play the little game of what if he goes somewhere else? If he goes to the Steelers, it's probably the same. He's probably going to game because they have enough weapons around him. But what if it's Tennessee? Or what if he just goes to a backup job? What if it turns into a Trey Lance situation? I'm not saying he's as bad as Trey Lance. Just the situation of he goes to be a backup for another team with the hope to be a starter. Then all of a sudden, his dynasty value is gone. So I just think it's something that we don't talk about a lot. But Dan, you're the coach. I want to ask you, Hopefully, it's not the old man, you know, yelling at the kids in the front yard. But what are your thoughts on the top three quarterbacks just not doing anything at the combine? And really, Daniels just flat out left the combine early. He was there for a day and left.
1: Oh, you you threw me a curveball here, switching gears so quick there. You know, I mean, JB's probably got 15 more minutes of Justin Fields in him there. You know, he's stepping back to look at this. He's just relaxing. He is enjoying the show. Uh, Man, based on what we know, and I think that's kind of the key thing. We don't know everything that's going on inside those you know, meetings at Indianapolis and scouting and who's happy or not happy of who's working out or not. I I think it is a bucket list thing for me to go to Indianapolis. Maybe there's a dynasty theory trip in the future. I'm not sure. It's going to be fantasy football expo this year, but man, I am itching to go to Indy guys. I'd love, 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 love to be talking to some coaches and players and that kind of thing, but I don't think it hurts them as much as it kind of opens up some opportunities for other prospects. Like if I'm a coach in the NFL, I've already watched countless hours of film. My scouts have loaded me all kinds of information on these prospects. I just need to verify some things. I need to spend some time with these guys. I know they're going to have a pro day, and I'm going to get all of that no matter what. But these guys don't show up. Now there's a few other quarterbacks there that are getting the spotlight right now. and If they take advantage of that opportunity, there's going to be that coach out there or a coordinator out there that's going to fall in love with that kid, and it might help them. So I mean, it doesn't necessarily hurt them, you know, tremendously. I don't think it's a bad thing that they're they're not running a forty or not participating in certain drills, but it does open up some doors. I think for some other guys, that will get a favorable evaluation. All right, John.
0: I think it has more to do with opening things up for the other quarterbacks. I, I think they have the chance to show out. You know, they they they're, they don't have the shadow of these these top guys cast over them. But I I know. Everybody wants to bash Caleb Williams. I know that's that's what everyone's doing. That's the cool thing to do. it's the it's the fun thing to do for a lot of people. These are still kids. they they, they are kids, okay? And it, it, I can't imagine the the pressure and the stress and especially for these top guys, the the expectations on their shoulders, and everybody wants to go out and bash these the kids, all right? Except for Bo Nix, uh, he's a, he, he's a, he's a man. Uh, but like, if you're Caleb Williams, if you're Drake May, if you're if you're Jaden Daniels, what benefit is there for you to go on the field and throw the ball at the combine? Your stock can't go up. It can't. It, like if if you were, and I'm sure we're going to disagree a little bit. And, well, we, we want to see these competitors. We, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Great shout out before. That's a fantastic comment. You know, uh, are these kids afraid to compete? You know, great shout out for a, a Twitter conversation there. But when it comes down to it, you could talk about it from the quarterbacks only, but with Marvin Harrison, uh, Malik Neighbors, does it really benefit them whenever they're already all but locked in to to be where they are? You see all these guys, you know, uh, people pulling up limp. They they pull something. They, they you know you see people blow out an ACL or an Achilles during workouts. I, if you can limit that and you can limit the potential uh uh, negative impact that that something may have and sure you could say well these these kids aren't looking to compete they they are a little bit worried but if there is far more risk than there is potential upside i honestly have no issue with these kids not taking part now leaving early that, that you're invited to the combine yeah it's you weird. should take pride in that. You should want to be there. You should want to talk to the coaches, talk to the scouts, wh- whoever you know, you're know you able to talk to, uh, be there with your peers. You should want to be there. That That's strange to me. That was
2: really, that was the only thing that these guys, go back to last year. Bryce Young didn't throw. CJ Stroud had the best combine that anyone's ever had, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't matter. They went the exact same way in the draft. So at the end of the day, I don't think it matters for these top quarterbacks. But I do think if you watch that Xavier Worthy run last night, Caleb Williams was there celebrating with him. J.J. McCarthy was there celebrating with him. Daniels was, I don't know where he went, but he wasn't even at the combine anymore. I'm not saying that means he's going to fail in the NFL. I just think the optics of it do look a
1: little bad. Yeah, 100%. And I think as a you know, as a coach or a scout, I want to see how they're conducting themselves. Okay, so you're not throwing how are you interacting with coaches that day if you are still there? If you did leave early, why did you leave early? How did you handle that? Like there's so much information that they're mining to because these are big investments. Again, does it help them or hurt them? Probably not. But again, there are teams that are gonna be there, and we'd have to really zero in on situations to say, hey, I'm between this position or this position. I didn't get to spend as much time with you. I'm our organization's now going in that other direction or two players of similar value. I'm going with that other guy. Cause now I am starting to fall in love with this prospect. Who's doing everything the way we ask him for, you know, I thought it was funny too. On Twitter, I posted, I shared a post of uh, Milton, the Tennessee quarterback, you know, shorts, t-shirt, gunning it, firing it. And I thought it was so funny because, uh, former quarterback of mine post on there he goes a senior year he's in high school versus us in the playoffs and he was atrocious and he threw a punch in the second half was and was ejected they those are the things that again i want to spend with if i am looking at this milton guy there has he matured has he grown up you know again twitter universe is just loving this rocket arm that's you know that we're seeing throw the ball 80 yards down the field on air with no pressure i want to dig into those things at the combine
0: And then, you know, you talk about people leaving early and and kind of potential, uh, I don't want to say character concerns, but some things to look at with these kids. Meanwhile, you have people like Najee Harris, whose flight was canceled for his pro day in Alabama, found a way to get there, wasn't taking part in anything on the field, but wanted to be there with his teammates, wanted to talk to whoever he could talk to there. You know, I I think that that sticks out to people. All right. And you know, I, I think ultimately it is a business decision. That's what B Ford made made the comment, and I completely agree. If you if there is more risk at you taking part in these on field events than there is potential upside, I have no issue with you sitting out.
2: The, the one thing that I do have slight issues with is like a guy like Braylon Allen goes out and does everything. The one thing we're worried about with him in the NFL is what's his forty. He doesn't run a forty.
0: That that, that flat out of-
2: tells me in training. His forty's been terrible. They're like, you're not running that. You could do everything else, but you run a four-seven because even if he ran in the four-fives, they're gonna have him run because that's a great time for him. So how bad is it in training for him to be like, no, no, I'm gonna do literally everything else, but I'm not running a forty. So for do you me- remember
0: when when Albert O ran the forty, mm-hmm. popped off. He's like, he I'm said, <laughs> I'm out. it's like it's like in Seinfeld he pulled a Costanza and on a high note thank you all thank you I I popped off the charts but I'm not doing anything else because I came here what I did to do and Braylon Allen you know he came here to do the other activities and he necessarily didn't stand out
2: yeah yeah exactly
0: so I mean that kind of thing worries me
2: as far as the Marvin Harrison sitting out neighbors not doing it good for them they did everything they need to do in college and they don't need to go out and prove themselves in one night in indy you know what i mean
1: um before you move forward i think (laughs) i love the point you made on that 40 i don't know if it's necessarily saying his 40 is going to be terrible i think it just leaves this hanging until his pro day because he's gonna have to run it eventually and he's gonna run it and if i'm a running back i know every 10th matters so if I know you buy me another three, four weeks, whatever it is until my pro day, because I'm going to be in just a little bit better shape and I'm working with these specialists, and I'm put, I'm hammering the work. It might work out good for him, but it does leave us hanging. And in the fantasy world, if we're having a draft right now, we're definitely concerned for sure. Yeah.
2: So while we're talking about running backs, my running back one is Blake Corum. I've said I might move off of him for Trey Benson. I or might, might, might. But as of right now, Blake Corum in my first round, Dan already threw a flag. So, Dan, why am I wrong? And I swear if you say Jalen right, I'm gonna start to cry.
0: Wait, can I make a comment here? Please. I gotta say, Mitch, yeah, these segues, these transitions th- have been top-notch. Thank you. I appreciate it. You I might be on the well. left-hand side of this screen <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> the view's better over here. It is.
1: Uh, I love it. Mitch is on point for sure, Manny. For sure. No, Mitch, my my issue with Quorum, and I've been I've been waiting to bust your chops on this because I think you you know not, you you're have wrong. conviction, and I love that, and and you know you're still researching. You said you know it could change as we go, but my issue is not that he's well, maybe it is my issue that he's your number one because I don't even have him two or three. He 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 might he's probably he's four for me right now with potential to be five or six. So that is my struggle with Blake and I'm still studying too, so I I could tweak a little bit. I remember last year when I was deep into the running back studying and I was watching his film Heavy last year because I thought he was coming out and he didn't, and I wasn't that high on him last year. And he had a nice solid senior year and everything, definitely would draft him. I'm not saying, hey, he's not going to be a good football player or anything like that, but I do not have him as a top three running back right now. My number one right now is – I'm kind of like 1A, 1B – it's between Jonathan Brooks and Trey Benson. I'm really liking those two dudes. Um, I need to watch more film. I want to see them block. I need to, I need to see more of that. You know that that's a big thing for me because I don't want to any reason for their production to be slowed. But man, Brooks's vision and just he could catch the ball. I think he's a three down back. He's got great balance. Uh, Benson just seems so fundamentally tight. Just popped off a what a 43940 at the combine, I think it was, looks super quick. So I'm starting to fall in love with those two guys a little bit, man. And um the other guy who's kind of kind of one of those guys that normally in like past years, like a Ramondre Stevenson type where He's not the top back, and he just—I don't think he's had enough production yet. But Marshawn Lloyd, like he just seems like a beast on film for him. I like man. Lloyd a lot. He's—he's he's really catching my eye. Yep. So one
2: thing real quick with Jonathan Brooks, how worried are you with his
1: injury? Ah, uh, obviously not enough to have him number one, but it's something I want to definitely dive into more. I'd have to dive in more to give you a strong opinion there, Mitch. John, it's all yours.
2: You had estimate pretty high, is it? Estime, right? That's how you say his last name.
1: Till that forty,
2: woo!
0: <laughs> well, listen, him this and is Kyron, Kyron all over again. JB, it's happening. This is my thing with Notre Dame running backs. I, I <laughs> fall in love pre combine, pre draft, and then they disappoint uh, on at the forty. You know, it, Estime, it was a bad estimate of his forty time. You know, the expectation coming in was not a four seven one, but I had a tier of four pre-combine so like it's, things are super close so you have a one now though i have question. a question okay and it is benson all right but i i want to like this running back class as a whole uh, you know the the thing that everybody's pushing well it's not a great running back class and i we've talked about this so many times we just don't have that super high end option last year Bijan and gibbs 2022, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker was right there. Etienne and Najee in 21, JT, Barkley, Chubb, Chris McCaffrey, Fournette, Mixon, Dalvin. Like, we just don't have that back that really is pushing for a 102, 103, 104 in rookie drafts. But a lot of that is just coming down to the way people play dynasty. A lot of that is coming down to the strength of the wide receiver class. The strength of the quarterbacks. Uh, uh, everybody's falling in love with these different quarterbacks. You know, uh, the top four. JJ McCarthy really creeping up as well, and that's pushing down these running backs. And it's not just the value of running backs that that's really impacting it, but it's the way they're being utilized. It's the way we're getting more and more committees. It's the way we're able to go out and get these dirt cheap running backs as viable weekly options throughout the season. This class for me. I think it projects very closely with that 2019 class: a Jacobs, Miles Sanders. We're we're not going to get a first round running back. I mean, (laughs) but Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Pollard, Singletary, Damien Harris. We are going to get usable backs, and you know that class. These running backs weren't like, oh, that's my that's my 101. In super flex rookie drafts. It, it just didn't happen, but we are going to get production. There are a lot of good running backs here that are going to need the opportunity. If you don't get the opportunity, it doesn't matter, but uh, enough of the, the production profiles, enough of the, the testing measurables and the metrics it's there. And you look at, Going back to 2003, it's draft time, baby. 2003 is my year. Day two or better, sub-4, 540, translating to at least a speed score of 114 based on their size, and then a minimum. You know I like my backs that can catch a little bit. A minimum of at least a 5% receiving college dominator. We have Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, DeMarco Murray, Brees Hall, J.K. Dobbins. And Trey Benson. That's the list. That is it. So he is. He went from my top tier of running backs to my running back one. And it's not like oh, he, he popped off the charts with his forty time in the four three nine. I moved him up ten spots. He was in my tier one, but there is that separator. Running back class uh, guy says is very landing spot dependent you you need opportunity as much as we you know we always say landing spot doesn't matter but you need opportunity and landing spot doesn't matter as much for wide receivers in general because you have more players getting more opportunity for running backs for quarterbacks you need that chance
1: which is probably the, the most the main reason why be particular love drafting after the draft. Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: yeah. it minimizes that risk. Uh, it minimizes that risk running back and quarterback position. I I completely agree and cuz we've seen it happen too often. We fall in love with a back and then he gets drafted in the 4th or 5th round or gets drafted yeah. at a team where he, no matter what you know he's got a split carries and is probably on the the back end of that split of carries. But JB, I like that you like Benson and I love that stat that you shared there. Like I said, it's kind of like a one A, one B between Brooks and Benson for me with with Lloyd being the guy coming up. But I think if they do get the good landing spot, boy, this is the year where no, it's not a Brees Hall kind of, you know, Kenneth Walker type pick. But you're going to get some good value with those quarterbacks and running backs and or like quarterbacks receivers and Brock Bauer pushing these guys back to the back end of round one or early round two, which I think is your next question, Mitch.
0: And, and think about like with Do the running backs
1: at the back end of round one, right, JB? Yeah,
0: I'm not there yet, but like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the JB I was waiting for. No, 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 no. <laughs>
0: but think about the running backs that have been producing and maintaining value. You know, they're starting to age out. And that's why Bijan, Gibbs, Brees Hall, even Jonathan Taylor being drafted in 2020. These guys are holding value, and they're, they're creating that separation. You know, McCaffrey, he's a freak. He's a unicorn. But everybody else, father time ultimately is going to win that battle. And we see it in their values. I mean, even guys that are producing, you know, like, like a uh, Barkley with, with the expectation with a new landing spot, if he stays healthy, there, there are opportunities for these backs, even though we're going to be seeing committees, even though, you know, maybe they don't have that fantastic, uh, proof uh, profile that some of these guys may have had, but they're, they should be getting that opportunity. Um, yeah. So the reason why I asked this. Because
2: I put currently in there for a reason, because here is my thoughts on what's going to happen once the draft takes place. Let's say, for instance, which I think is a high likelihood, the Chargers move on from Eckler, right? Eckler's on a different team next year. I don't care who is drafted to the Chargers. I don't care if it's Corum. I don't care if it's Benson. Whoever you like, that running back is all of a sudden going to become the running back one it just is the talking point will be this is what Harbaugh's offenses do Greg Roman also loves to run the ball so then all of a sudden how high does that guy go i mean if it is Trey Benson he could end up being the running back six in dynasty and while being a you know a second round NFL pick so as much as i'll say i like Corum you guys like Benson whichever way you want to throw it landing spot is going to matter so much this year because all of these running backs have so many, not a lot of flaws, but they all have flaws to where we don't have the one guy who's going to walk in. We're like, Oh, don't worry. He is going to take over the backfield. This draft is going to be, Oh, Hey, he, he's going to have the backfield because there's nobody else there. Right. I, I don't, I think there's going to be a lot of tank Bigsby kind of Kendra Miller kind of backs this upcoming year to where they go in, behind a starter they're good backups but as far as dynasty goes you could probably get them next year for cheaper than what you're going to take him in the drafts this year well let's play like let's
0: you know you're saying where could that top running back go and i do think if one of these top three four running backs happens to go to the chargers they're probably going to be the running back one for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, the narrative is there—the the Harbaugh narrative, the way he likes to run his offense. Greg Roman, of course, is there now too. And let's say, you know, just for the sake of this discussion, Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunze go Giants in Tennessee. Let's just say, mm-hmm. and then you have you have for the sake of this discussion, John already saying, Chargers will not draft a running back. Very well may not. But for the sake of this discussion, let's say those two wide receivers go where I just mentioned, and then you have the running back go to the Chargers in the second round. Uh, B. Ford says at the 69th pick, or would they go at the 106, which you know obviously is going to be a little bit different based on the perceived value and all that good stuff. If they go to the Chargers... There is a case to be made 106.
2: Depending on league settings, I mean, it's definitely in the late first round. Le- le- le-
0: two PPR, 12-team yeah. flex start 10, plus 6, minus 4. You're, you're probably going to get the top three quarterbacks. You're going to get Brock Bowers, and you're going to get Marvin Harrison, I think. Now, let's say Marvin Harrison would go to New England you're going to get some people that might pull that trigger on that running back in this situation. All hypothetical. You know, I, I think it would be interesting. Brooks 56 to Dallas core and one of six to chargers. Corp. I mean, Cowboys are going to be another sexy spot too. Yeah. I, their running backs. Backs.
1: <laughs> I was hoping they'd get a running back last year and, I thought it was interesting, Jerry Jones' latest interview. He he said Tony Pollard, the scouts coaches, they said he had a good season. It, like I Dallas definitely has a schematic O-line issue right now, but it still doesn't mean they're gonna resign him. He may outprice himself, but who knows what that running back market is. I think this running back conversation is really important because as a dynasty manager, it's kind of becoming like quarterbacks. It fluctuates and it's so fragile that you know you could go from a good running back situation to a bad one on your dynasty roster pretty fast. Um, but yeah, Dallas is an attractive spot. I'll cross my fingers, boys.
0: And there was a comment earlier I wanted to point out. Uh, will this class beat out the number twos on teams like like Eric Gray? Uh, yes. There are, for me, there are a lot of running backs in this class that kind of would fall into that Tyje Spears. They would fall into that Kendra Miller type uh, you know, the profiles overall, and we're going to see a lot of running back options. Especially, like, we always want to sit here and, and fantasize about Cowboys, Chargers, Houston. They're all drafting a day two running back. If it were to happen, we'd see a lot of running backs get into that back end one, early round two range. And I, I think, it, it, like I said, that Ty J Spears, Kendra Miller type situations, even as Zach Charbonnet, where you get a running back, Mitch, you said it earlier, you get a running back that lands in a, a crummy situation that has another day two running back just taken. Uh, you know, So I, I do think there are a lot of options in this class that are better than team's current running back twos. Yeah. So we spent, what, good
2: 20 minutes on running backs, which is good because that's the part that everybody hates in this class, but... As far as the wide receivers go, we have the top two in Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors, who they were at the combine. They didn't run. They didn't do anything, right? We had all the running backs run, so we saw them on the field. But now you have Rome who ran really well. Xavier Worthy did his 40 and left. Lad McConkey was awesome. So Dan, who was your standout from the combine itself? Not taking in their college or anything that happened just what happened over the weekend who was your biggest standout because that's probably who's going to move up rookie drafts Uh,
1: it's tough to say who the biggest standout is i'm still kind of diving in but at at just quick glance mitch like it just seems so captain obvious that's why i'm a little not excited about this but like rome man like like right there with that i went into this thinking hey he is right there. Top three guaranteed. You know, Harrison's going to go. I think neighbors is going to go. And if I'm at that, be, you know, a little bit later in the first where not a little bit later, like six, seven, whatever, I would be stoked to get Rome. And I, and I wanted to feel that. And like his shuttle run time was a four point oh three, which is just super quick, man. Like he is going to be tough to c- cover in the National Football League. So to me, he's a he's a just. Guaranteed bona fide stud, and you're gonna be happy with him in the first round. So he's kind of my big standout. But how could you ignore Worthy's 4.2140? Like, and he was a good receiver going in, too. I, I think that's an important thing to say. It's not like he's a you know Joe Schmo from Idaho who ran a 421, and now we're just talking to him just because it was 40. He was a good receiver that ran a 42140, and man, speed wins in the National Football League. And and I, I'm sure he's drafted went up some draft boards in real life and dynasty. So I look forward to getting a hold of the worthy. Lad well, McConkie's my boy because he's from Georgia. But I just say to anyone drafting him, like he had back injury, like the back issues in Georgia that were just kind of lingering. And it often would take him out of games or he'd go out of a game and come back in a game. So I'm a little bit curious of his medicals. Like the guy, I think he could be a good NFL receiver because I do believe he put up some good numbers. And he is a good receiver, but health is a concern. He's is got, he's got NFL genes too, cool. man. He's got some good uh good genetics there.
2: So with Ladd McConkie, I think outside of Rome he was the best wide receiver on the field at the combine like how his forty went, his splits went, how he did the what they call it, the gauntlet drill, he did that perfectly. But he did miss a lot of time in college. How's that looking in your sheet so far as far as how he breaks down
1: compared to the other wide receivers? Are you talking John's spread John spreadsheets? Yes, John <laughs> spreadsheets. Spreadsheet, man, let's go. Lad McConkie, what are you what, how are you dissecting those numbers?
0: He is – so typically when I go through my metrics and all the numbers and the spreadsheets and the colors, he
1: – John was just talking dirty to us, Mitch. A little oh, bit. Man. A little bit. He's he, going to have shower again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: huh? He is the one that I really – it's tough to go off of his numbers from college because I, I think the – you know the the way he played the way nfl teams view him i don't think his uh stats necessarily are indicative of how he's going to perform in the nfl that is my way of saying compared to how my my threshold scoring spits out i had to move him up compared to that right Um, so he's the, the one outlier because like you said, Dan, like he didn't play a lot, you know, like, like several games, he wasn't in there for the entirety of the game. So it's not like you could look at his numbers and say, okay, well it's skewed because he missed entire games. Like he still technically played those games. So on a per game basis, it doesn't look great. And you look at, at all the market share numbers, but uh, this is the player that I think film is going to ultimately prevail compared to strictly looking at a spreadsheet. He's the one that, that is bumped up for me when comparing those. Now the biggest standout for me from the mm-hmm. combine, I think Brian Thomas was incredible. Dude's a stud. Man. I mean, 433. <laughs> probably put himself up into a top 20 pick if he wasn't there already. And he is my wide receiver four. and previously, I, I, I believe I had like a four, five and six tier together. But Brian Thomas is now that four for me. And this is somebody that the guys over on, on the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel over on Fantasy Effect talked about this past week. But Ricky Pearsall, I, I think out of Florida, you know, he runs a 441, you know, slot rate not extremely high, to like like to necessarily say, oh, we can only play the slot, but 57%. I I think he's somebody like looking at the numbers, looking at the comps, uh, the the collegiate profiles, I think he's a slightly taller Jaden Reed.
1: He had a 405 short shuttle to JB, which was right next to Rome. I mean, like, I, I can't tell you how fa- like that is a Fast shuttle time. I
0: I I think he's a slightly taller Jaden Reed, and I think he's somebody based on like the interviews. It sounds like he nailed him. Based on all of the other uh, on-field workouts, I, I think he kind of puts himself up into that second round of the NFL draft. But he was a he was a big winner for me. Um, and and if I may to talk about this class as a whole, uh, kind of how I did at, with the running backs. Like, I think this wide receiver class, it rivals that 2014 class. Oh, definitely. Uh, Watkins, Evans, Beckham cooks. I know uh, Calvin Benjamin fizzled out, but had a strong year. Uh, uh Devonte Adams, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, all those guys going in the first or second round. I think this class is going to be there. And, you know, looking back at previous years, like twenty twenty, you have Jefferson and Lamb. Twenty twenty one, you had Chase Devontae and Waddle. Twenty twenty two, Wilson, London, Alave, Burks, Jamison, Dotson all in the first round. I think with the uh, the way the contracts go and the value of the position, we're going to see what seven, eight first round wide receivers, and in, in the NFL draft, and we're going to get not just quality but those high end studs. And I see the comment that, that somebody has Brian Thomas as their wide receiver 3. I, I'm not there. But that gap closed. He is right. that one that closed that top 3 versus the 4 through 6 and and he closed that gap for me. So I I I really do think this is going to be such a fun class. I can't wait for the NFL draft. Hopefully it's not like what was that last year, two years ago, where the end of night one got very fuzzy for me. And, uh, you know, cause of all the, uh, wine that I, I was able to indulge in, but, uh, I, I can't wait guys. I can't wait.
1: Do you have any information? I don't know if you've spent any time on, on Luke McCaffrey, I'm so intrigued being CMC's brother. He ran a 402 shuttle, which was faster than Rome. He he ran a faster 40 than CMC, you know, between the, his his dad and his grandfather coaching him. I know he went to a small school in Rice there, but like uh, I'm dying to dive into his film a little bit more
0: right now. I couldn't spend a third on him, but more so it speaks to the quality of this class Uh, And we talk about quality until we get to the tight end position. John, that
2: was my segue. I hate (laughs) you. I was going to be, Hey, we've had the good running back classes and we kind of get this. Now we're having a great wide receiver class compared to last year where we had JSN and yeah, whatever after that. And now we have this tight end class to where we have Bowers. And I think John, you like one tight end after this. I was talking to Dan about this last night. I like Bowers in. No one else. I mean, I'm attacking the veteran tight end market heavily in dynasty leagues because I don't really want anybody after Bowers in this draft. So, John, is there anyone we're missing?
0: Well, let's preface this with my comments from last off season, and you know I was going to pull some receipts here. Oh, I wish I made God. a graphic. Okay, never my Dan,
2: no. well, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh,
0: I said last year was a historic class, and I, you know. Sam LaPorta was a historic tight end. Greatest tight end Uh, ever. But this class for me, you have Brock Bowers. I really think it has a 2022 feel for me. Okay? And what I mean by that, you had Trey McBride, who was far and away my tight end one. Now, what are you like? He was. was. He was. I know. Uh, Far and away my tight end one. But then you had Dulcich, Bellinger, Ferguson, Jelani Woods, K-On, Cole Turner, Isaiah Likely, Chiggy, uh, Jalen Wittermeyer. He is uh just wrapping up his 40. Uh in my notes, I actually put uh in bold Jalen Wittermeyer joke just so I could remember, remember when that
2: he was one. like like a second round NFL pick for a long time.
0: And then he ran off what f- five five seconds? It was so bad. Like <laughs> a- anyway. Uh, But this has a 2022 feel for me. I think we're going to get some like Tucker Crafts, Dawson Knox. Um, You know, I I even think it feels a little bit similar to 2021. You had Pitts, Friermuth, and then nothing like there was nothing. So for me, it's Brock Bowers, Jatavian Sanders. That four, six, nine doesn't really scare me away. Uh, So it's still Jatavian Sanders for me. And you know, Theo Johnson, uh, Tip Ryman, uh, even though the whole bird conversation with him, I'm, I couldn't draft him, I think, just because of that. But Theo Johnson and, and Tip, they athletic profiles galore with those two. Uh, the big winner for me, uh Ben Bennett, ben and, and they're they're talking about in the chat from Kansas <laughs> State, uh, athletic profile. He Again, I talk about these different guys like Trey Benson getting out of that, that group to solidify himself for me as the, the running back one for now. Uh, Brian Thomas solidifying himself as the wide receiver four for me for now. Uh, ben Sinnott he's the one that is now the tight end three for me. But whereas last year I was saying I want this tight end one, I want this tight end two, this three, this four, I want the tight end 50 in this class. For me, it's like, If he's there at the end of the third and two PPR, sure. But I'm not actively reaching. Like there's so many wide receivers, running backs. Even if like you get some of these guys, uh, like a Spencer Rattler. Depending on where Michael Penix goes, see what happens with Bo Nix. I if he. I don't think he goes in the first, but you know, depending on where he goes in the, in the second or third, I would much rather take upside shots on those guys as opposed to several of these tight ends. There's just those athletes, but there's not a lot of strong profiles for me. And I know, you know, you look at the relative athletics score and you, that RAS, it is very indicative. It's, it's a good key indicator uh, from a minimum threshold standpoint of what you should be looking at with tight ends. But, I just it's going to be very difficult for me to really love a lot of these tight ends. Um, You know, I I don't think Jatavion Sanders necessarily hurt his stock from an NFL perspective. So because of that, he stayed exactly where he was for me. But uh, yeah, that's why I am on the tight
1: ends. I think you you hit your word count. I think think you went over. You you were doing good. I, I, no, I'm just kidding. No, I agree with you, JB. I, I think that was a good synopsis, man. The only maybe challenge flag I throw, would throw would be putting Benson it up to, like, your tight end three, he, just the guy that was off the radar. I still don't think he has, like, prototypical size. I know he has some good numbers. I think he definitely might – you could make a case, you know, one of the best risers at the combine, you know, put, putting on some good scores. Uh, but Bowers won, clear as day, and then it's everything you just said. I'm kind of trying to dive into who – you know mike if given a good opportunity could it could rise up and i do think jatavian sanders and theo johnson although obvious um are guys that could be good nfl players theo johnson may be the riser for me i I go back to that short shuttle run is i just think it's such an invaluable statistic where hey you're trying to separate from man or you're trying to find those pockets in the zone and could do some different things theo johnson went and ran a 419 short shuttle he weighs 259 pounds, so he's not like some of those receiver tight ends. I get a little worried when they're in the 240s because they're not going to be able to stay on the field and block somebody. They got to get on a, you know, a hoagie plan really quick and uh, put some calories on. So Theo Johnson's intriguing. He had a good senior year with seven touchdowns at Penn State. He ran a four-five-seven forty. Ran a great shuttle. He's got some weight on him. I wish I could see how much these guys bench, but I don't think they benched at the combine, or at least it's not showing it for the tight ends on the on the NFL app. Just to see kind of how strong they are. So could they be physical and not have to come off the field? You know, if you're an inline tight end, but Bowers, then I'm really diving into Sanders and Johnson.
0: Yeah. And I I think Cade Stover, too, I I don't want to leave him out. Uh, You know, I think he showed out well. And I I think Jared Wiley, from an athletic profile standpoint, he ran a little bit faster than I was expecting. And he comes in, I think, a little over 9.5 from a relative athletic score, Uh, probably a fifth or sixth round NFL tight end. But you know, George Kittle went in the went the fifth. You know, so uh, you don't necessarily need to get that first or second round draft capital. But it's it, you know, if you go in the sixth, seventh, undrafted free agent, it's an uphill battle to ultimately give any type of production. But uh, yeah, so I, I think there's some some intriguing ones, but not the conviction certainly that I had last year. Just one more shout-out to my call last year. That's all. Uh, so, that I, I couldn't take it.
2: To, to sum it up real quick, yeah, so after Brock Bowers, there's really no one to draft. Final thoughts. Okay, for <laughs> episode 235. I was host, ready to talk more. That was me. Okay, John, this is a final thought. You haven't had to do this before. It's a quick thought. Just to sum up. Any topics you have going right now in Dynasty.
0: Anything you saw from the Combine, don't double count it if it was already expected. But if it's new information, if it's something that we weren't expecting, certainly adjust. But do not double count based on the the previous expectation.
1: Dan? Good job, JP. Uh, hey, just listeners, you know. Take this episode and and continue to build on it. JB continues to update his spreadsheets in the Discord there. Our chat discussion over these rookies will continue right up to the rookie draft. Hopefully we get some more numbers from pro days. And and again, there's a lot to learn yet. So don't get stuck on a guy saying this is where I'm going to draft them because a lot could change between now and when the time comes.
2: Hey, this was fun. I should do this again. But thank you for everyone for joining us. I would like to tell you when we will record this week, but it seems to move all the time, but we will be live again this week. Um, Just pay attention to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Um, Don't know if John mentioned earlier, but we are a proud partner of Dynasty Daddy. It's an amazing site to go to for Dynasty. Please just try it once. You'll continue to go back to it. But for John and Dan, I'm Mitch. We'll see you next week. (laughs) I will be